South Melbourne keep charging on. Avondale can't do it on a rainy Tuesday in sunshine in the cup. The middle of the table gets tight and our push for more green kits in the world of football. Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 16 of the Semi-Pro Potty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 16 of the Semi-Pro Potty. I'm your host this week, every week, and probably every week to come, William Chambers, and joined with me to my right, Branson Gibson. How are you this morning, mate? I'm um, very well, Will. How are you doing? Very good. A little bit sleepy this morning. A little bit sleepy. There was, there's we, definitely we, been podcasts where we've had more energy, but I'm... We, uh, we did have a bit of a, a late night last night. We had due a... To some footballing reasons. Yeah. Which we'll talk about later, but what I really want to talk about, first off, is kit bag, because... I like what we're wearing this oh, week. There's a bit of a theme, too. There is, and I really like it. And it's an underrepresented theme in world football. Exactly what I was going to say, so I like that we're uh, showing it a bit of love here today. Take me, ooh, take the listeners away, mate, on a journey. What are you wearing? So there is a journey to this kit. So I'm wearing a Celtic jersey. Mm. Um, it's, I believe, around about a 2011. That's when they've got the Magnus um, sponsorship still, which I'm pretty happy with. Um, but it's not the kit that I wanted to wear. Because I used to love Celtic um, back when it was sort of Jan Vanegor of Hesselink days, Aidan McGeady, Scott McDonald, uh, Shunsky Nakamura, you know, really good era of, of Celtic football. Um, and I had a Scott McDonald jersey. And when I went back to Adelaide, and if you listen uh-huh. to the podcast then, Dad had thrown away all of my kits because I hadn't worn them because I hadn't been back there for like a year. So. Very one of sad. those kits was my Scott McDonald kit. The only one that I could salvage was this kit, which is not my favourite. It's a Celtic kit. I'm winning. I'm wearing because they've won the treble treble. And whilst I used to love Celtic a lot more than I currently do, um, you know, it's a bit of a weird one because it's a good success. But it's like if you're in a league where you're winning the treble three years in a row, it's it's not good for the competition. So I wear this out of some sort of morbid. Sadness instead of, you know, celebration. Well, I'll perk the mood up because I'll go out and say that I reckon Celtics kit would probably be my all-time favourite. Based on design, green yeah. and white hoops. Mm-hmm. I love it. They've I love never it. really messed around with it too much. They always tend to do some pretty good away kits as well. No. And happy with it. And the other thing I like about that, you've got the green stripes, but then you've sort of got white pinstripes flecked in there as well, which yeah. just, you know, yeah. makes it a little bit more interesting to look at, which I quite like. Good kit. Um, but, whilst I've got a good kit, you've got an absolute rip snorter, a good old humdinger. I do. I am wearing a Mexico national team kit. It is a replica kit of the, oh geez, sorry, the jersey they wore in the 1998 World Cup in France, and it is a spectacular green. So good. And on the front, it has a giant, I don't know what... Tribal sort of statue-looking character. Yeah, sort of like totem pole kind of Aztec Mm -hmm. god-looking character on the front. That is a very uh, loose term. Oh man, anyone Mexican listening to this will be like, oh my god, how do you not know what this is? But it is super cool. It's Green as well, which I think is a very underused, underrepresented colour in football kits. It's my favourite. And I just think it's cool. I like Mexico. The, the trim on the collars, on the collar oh, and the yeah. sleeves as well, is really nice. You know, that's what makes it that Mexican sort of colour. So, yeah. I'm really happy with it. The colours do match their flag, for what it's worth. Oh, so. I also do have a random flag sorted for this week. I need, to, I need to quickly jump ahead. But, but I am I am very, uh, very impressed with the two kits that we're wearing this week. And yeah. speaking of impressive, we had another impressive week of football with some... Really, really good results. Some surprising results. Some huge results in terms of the table, the season so far, all that sort of stuff. I think the biggest result was a game that you watched this week. You Finally, actually, you got actually, some good games. You got some good games this week, which is good for you. So take it away, mate. Because South Melbourne Bentley was probably we picked it as game of the round, and, and it was it delivered definitely. Oh yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, look, um, three wins on the trot for South Melbourne now. I remember we were watching. We covered probably their last bad game, and we were like, where are they going? What's their purpose this season? Because they had absolutely no intent or purpose about them. It yep. was frustrating to watch. There were glimpses of being good, but just nothing, at, no fruit at the end of the uh, branch, as I like to call it. Yes, yeah. 
Um, but that's now three wins. Um, and it was an, a good seesawing goal fest of a game. Um, look, Souths came back twice to take the lead at the death. You know, they, they didn't lead until they, they were in front. Um, so the sort of seesawing manner with which it happened was Green Gully went ahead. Um, South Green, Ga- Green Gully. Oh, Bentley. Bentley Greens. Ben- Bentley course. Greens went yeah, ahead. The brilliant. other Greens team, yeah. Yes. Um, so good spot there. Would not have noticed that. <laughs> Bentley Greens went ahead. Then South equalised. Bentley Greens back ahead. And then South equalised. And then South went on to get the win. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, one of those really good... Uh, sort of seesawing, fluctuating. Anyone could have had the game at any time. Um, I do feel like Bentley were in the box seat for most of it, but it was that sort of last couple of minutes that really got it going for South Melbourne, and they did see the game home. Um, some very important saves throughout the game from Roganovic. Yep. Um, I reckon you could probably single-handedly say three points thanks to his effort. Yep. Um, you know... What's it? What's a classic example of a goalkeeper literally saving the game? Yeah, you and know, it's... Like, like like doing well to conserve the lead. Uh, did we mention the result? The oh, score? yeah. Sorry, South Melbourne three, Bentley two. Yes, I'm not sure yeah. if I mentioned okay. that. Sorry, but yes, but yeah. I thought South when they were playing as well, they just they they sort of looked good. There was purpose to it. And purpose. Yes. Yeah, that's a really good. That's a really good work. Because then you know, in the midfield and when they were attacking, they sort of looked. Threatening, and it looked like they knew what they were doing, and they were sort of going forward with intent. Mm. And when they went behind, it wasn't; it didn't come as a surprise that they equalised mm. the first time. Didn't come as a surprise that they equalised again because they seemed like they were in the game the entire way. It felt like it was part of the rhythm of the game. Uh, yep. Like this game was two teams, I think, very evenly matched going against each other. Yep. And you know, I actually feel sorry for Bentley. I thought they did enough to get something out of this game. But again, Roganovic was probably the the main difference there that sort of swayed the points in the favour of South Melbourne. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, in terms of the, the impact of the result, you know, South Melbourne are now up into eighth. They were like 11th, I think, just four rounds ago. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about it quite a bit today, but that, that middle of the table is condensing. So whilst 11th to 8th might not sound the biggest, the amount of points they've piled on in that time and the people that they're now closer to um, is, you know, they're, they're now like, what? Five points off, like fourth or something. Well, yeah. Well, they're three within three points. Oh, sorry, three points away from the top six. But more importantly, they're seven points clear of yes. the relegation zone. So, like we mentioned it last week, that they were now looking up yeah. rather than looking we, below yeah. them. So, like that's that's crucial for them. And yeah, and it's not a it's not a big one for Bentley. You know, they're yeah. still up in third. They're okay because you know the top of the table has sort of been wavering a little bit over the last few weeks. So it they has. haven't been punished for for not getting a point out of this game, but yeah. they definitely would have felt aggrieved. And I thought they performed really well. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be too stressed if I was Bentley at this stage. But it's just a, it's probably more of a good win for South Melbourne than it is a bad loss for Bentley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does hurt them a little bit. They do drop out of second. The you know sort yeah. of the ground they made up from beating Avondale. They sort of lose almost straight away. But, but that top's but, condensed. But yeah. but then at the same time, you know, that's the benefit you have for beating Avondale. You beat Avondale, so then if you lose, you've already made up those points. Sort of like when Avondale which they've done now, started mm. losing. We won't talk too much about them now, but like they've still got that gap. So yep. good for Bentley. Chalk this one up as a tough loss, I reckon. Yeah, um, tough loss as well. Pasco Vale 1, Heidelberg 3. Probably not a surprise, but you know it's it's one of those ones where that's Pasco Vale dropping points again. Not dropping points, but not getting points. Yeah, yeah. And again, this one probably wasn't the most thrilling of games, but you know, pretty crucial in terms of the table and the standings and what it means for the battle. You know, at the top of the league here, Heidelberg, as you said, probably not really that surprising that they won. They were the better team here, what we expected really. Mm. Uh, Paco looked okay. They seemed to be able to contain Heidelberg fairly well early on. Heidelberg, I mean, they had they had a couple of early chances, but Paco sort of looked a little bit more resilient. And, you know, the longer you can stop a better team from going ahead, you know, the more time for something, something to happen, maybe. Uh, Heidelberg took the lead. Paco did, I thought, actually pretty well to equalise in, into the second half, um, but just couldn't really match it against a better outfit. Heidelberg were just able to show their class and kind of just kick it up a gear. Which we've seen quite a bit this year. You know, yeah, they yeah. can just, they know when they need to 
kick it up a gear probably apart from that Souths game the other week where yeah. they just that was a bit of a blip on the radar but you know they know when to go up again they can kind of do it on on demand. Yeah, yeah exactly and Paco was sort of sticking <laughs> with them and then when Heidelberg decided to go alright here we go they just couldn't quite get it and it was some moments of class that really kind of set Heidelberg apart. Oh, there were Harry Noon scored an absolute stonker. Loved it. Stonker from long range. Heidelberg love a long range goal. Had the ball, I don't know how far out, but outside the penalty area mm. and just went for a lovely curling, well hit strike. Goalkeeper, goalkeeper, no chance. And if you're Packer, you just got to kind of tip your hat to an effort like that and go, well, there's not too much. Too much else we can do. There was a goal right at the death to make it 3-1. Heidelberg, they had many chances throughout the game. Could have been more, but, I mean, they'd be happy with that sort of yeah. result because it's just what they needed after a loss mm-hmm. to South, you know. So they jump back onto the winner's list, jump back into second place, and close the gap to Avondale to just four points. So... Again, after dropping points the week before, they've made up ground almost straight away. So that's... Yeah, and that's that's the thing. They've they've made up ground on that. And also, you know, where we spoke about Avondale there as well, you know, going into the Avondale result, Avondale dropped points again, you know, where they looked invincible like a couple of weeks ago. Now they're consistently dropping points. Yeah. Um, So it's Heidelberg is... Heidelberg, they're just standing there going, we're just going to do what we can do to keep the pressure on. And it's working because, you know... Avondale nil, Dandenong City nil. That was a very impactful game for the table, I feel. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So that jumping straight into that game, it was, so it was a really tough game. Like, you know, it was cold, it was windy, it wasn't too wet, but it just, I don't know, I was at the game, it just felt gritty. I don't know if you can say that about watching a game. So, like, obviously Avondale looking to bounce back from the first Loss of the season. Danny City boosted by the huge signings. A trio of massive A-League signings. Do we want to talk about the signings now? Or do we want to talk about them... Like well, we can like sort of, after we've sort of gone through the game because like there's a good good couple of minutes conversation I want to have about it. Yeah, well let's well we'll talk about them a little bit, then we'll talk about the game, yeah. and then we'll come back to it. So yeah. the signings for those who who haven't seen Brendan Santalab, Adrian Layer, and Carl Valeri. So three high quality A League players and straight out of retirement. Oh, yeah. sorry, retirement. Well, Santalab was playing in the grand final one week, and less than a week later was lining up for Danny yeah. City. So that was huge. Uh, Valeri didn't play. In the Avondale game, but geez, Leia and Santalab were good. They were really good. And I don't want to say it's just because of them, because I think Derby City have done like a lot of things, yeah. you know, the coaching change, big sash, obviously these players. And, and we've seen in recent weeks that sort of transformation There's a lot more structure start. to them. And oh. we've, we've been talking about it, you know, they just seem far more structured and less uh, confused when the ball is not oh, at feet. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely, that's exactly what I was going to say. City, they just looked really tough, well-organised and difficult to break down, which is something we haven't said that much about them Mm -hmm. this year, but those aren't words that (laughs) we've used to describe their quality of play. Uh, I thought Leia did a heck of a job organising down Mm -hmm. the back. He sort of lined up in the centre-back and he was doing a lot of yelling, you know, telling players where to go, which man to mark, which man to pick up. And just when you're standing there watching, you just sort of oozed class. He just sort of knew what he was doing and just sort of, he and Santalab sort of bring this professionalism they to so, the outfit. They so weirdly look like they'd been playing in that club for like five years. Oh, They just yeah. they slotted in like they just kind of knew what was happening and I'm not sure if that's a combination of them just being professional footballers or, you know, however they were brought into the club, they were brought in a really organised fashion. Yeah, like, um, and the, taking a look at Santalab, because the other good thing about him as well is Dandy City now have like a dangerous outlet going forward. Mm. So in this game, they did a lot of defending. They didn't really attack a whole lot, but there was a couple of times when Santalab would have the ball at the edge of the box and he's got it and you go, anything could happen right here. Like he could score a banger. And there yeah, was, yeah. There were, he had one shot. It was a poor shot in, in itself, but there was a ball to his feet. It was a quick turn. And then he was able to get a left-footed shot off. Like his first touch was great and it set up the shot, the shot itself wasn't great, but you could sort of see that moment. So every time they were going forward, when he had the ball, you're like, he could score here. Uh, the team that couldn't score, though, were Avondale. They really, really struggled to break him down, I thought. Their best chance came in like the sixth minute. Jamato had a great shot. 
that was saved on the line, sort of the cutback effort, just happened to kick it straight at the keeper who sort of sat on it to save it. But yep. I mean, whatever works. Uh, other than that, though, I think Avondale, by my count, only managed one other shot on target. Yeah. So they had a lot of efforts. Uh, Sakaya had a free kick that hit the bar. Boland had a free kick that was close. It was mostly in the second half as well, wasn't it? You yeah, know, yeah. They, the, they well, did react. Yeah, well, they had a couple, a couple of chances in the first half. I yeah. think, I think in the first half it wasn't too panicked, mm. which is probably what you'd want. But then in the second half, I don't know, man. Like so the, there was, the, the, well, the touch let him down. Their finishing let him down. Well, well this is what just... I wanted to sort of say about Santalab, and this is one thing that I've, I've always liked Santalab, but had no reason to like him because he's always played against my teams. Right. You know, like he's one yeah. of the he's one of those players that you want in your team, but you kind of hate if he's not, if he's like against you. Yeah. And one of the things that I realized that I really liked about Santa Lab was where Avondale were frustrated. I put that down to him because he was doing a lot of good shithousery tactics. Oh, and that's, you know, like yeah. he was. They were playing when they were when Daniel City were under the cosh. They were playing long balls out. He was being that striker up front. He was holding the ball up, drawing the foul. You know, he was like tapping balls away. He was like, you know. Going down with injury for a bit there, and like he was just doing really good shit housing tactics. Well, like, and it was got just, to the Avondale players, and, and it was the same with Leia. And you know, this this sounds weird, but it's just the way that they would sort of like yell at the linesman or yell yeah. at the referee. So like, it was one thing I noticed. So when they yelled at the linesman for an offside call, they didn't just go blah 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 like you're a, you're yeah. an idiot or whatever. Like they they did do a little bit about that, but just sort of the way that they worded things was sort of more do a better job and this is what you need to do yeah, to do a better right. job kind of thing. So, like, if I'm the linesman, you're sort of sitting there, you go, I'm not just getting abused, I'm sort of getting told... Constructive feedback. Yeah, yeah a little bit. And, and, you know, with the time-wasting, it was the same sort of thing where it wasn't just done in a classic semi-professional way. It was a professional way. But going back to Avondale, big trouble. Oh, I... We'll talk about them later. It shows, we'll we'll it talk shows, about them yeah. again later. But they are... I don't... I don't know, man. With the first 14 weeks... or sorry, first 14. First 12 weeks of the season, we're like, they are on fire. Mm -hmm. They looked really good. And now they just kind of don't. Well, the criticisms we had were, you know, do they have that medal in midfield to really inspire Mm. if they need to get back into a game? Like, I feel like they're... We said last week they had... It was chinks in the armour. Now I think there's cracks. I think we're now, given the FFA Cup result as well that we'll talk about later on... There's now cracks in that armour, and we can now start realistically looking at them and saying, like, look, if it comes finals time and there is a either a final or a semi-final against Heidelberg, Bentley Greens, oh. you know, maybe Melbourne Knights jump up the table, it's like well, those three teams have got bottle. Well, and they've struggled to score goals as well, mm. you know. And that's weird to say about the highest scoring team in the league, but they only scored one against Heidelberg, mm. one against Bentley, and now none against Quite Stanley. a few penalties as well. Yeah, true, true. But, like, you got to earn them, and, like, they earn them from yeah, dangerous yeah, positions. Yeah. So, like, but, you know, they're, they're not even getting those penalties. So, warning signs for Avondale would have been a good result to get. Sort of heaps the pressure on them. They've got that benefit of having such a good start that they yeah. can afford to kind of slip up a little bit, but they've got to kind of fix their, their problems soon if they want to stay on top because it won't last. Lastly on this game, huge point for City. Uh, away at Avondale, you would not have expected them to get anything from that. I mean, they still need wins rather than draws, but in this it's an game, away, it's oh, an away point to, to top of the table, Avondale. Yeah. So that's very good. When you're in the relegation zone, you will absolutely take that. Yeah, excellent. All Taking right. a look at the next game, though, mate. This one also has top six implications. Green Gully. We are talking about Green Gully now. Taking yeah. on the Altona Magic. Tell me about the it. Top six implications and six goals for that top six implication. Wow. Tenuous. Um, <laughs> so, look, it was a big performance by Altona. Uh, they're like kind of the secret packet of the season, I feel. They're playing quite well at times. Um, up and down. Yeah, they are. and it's But when they're, when they're good, they're quite good. Um, yes. Yep. Which is a you know, stupid thing to say, but humour me, listeners and Branson. Um, one nil down. They went 1-0 down, and then it was 2-2 with 10 minutes to go. And then in the last 10 minutes, they piled on two goals to win it 4-2. So, you know, they've, they've not only come from... Like, they've come from behind in quite a commanding way. But, you know, it was just... I thought the manner in which they did it was really impressive. Mm-hmm. Look, the first half of the game was largely 
very forgettable. Um, which I think both teams just came out of the blocks pretty slowly. I think that was kind of a trend across most of my games this week, actually. The first half was normally just the, the full play to a general bang fest in the second <laughs> half. Um, good segue. Yeah, it was really good. Um, uh, so, yeah, look, Alex Salmon did get a good goal. Um, flick on header from quite some distance. You know, we're talking like maybe like 15 yards and he's sort of generated enough power to lift it over there mm-hmm. over the goalkeeper so that was quite good um, another goal for him um, then the next action was pretty much if you want to watch the game just skip through to 70 minutes guys um, and then it was just a wild bonkers bananas even yeah absolutely 20 minutes of football absolutely bananas 5 goals in 20 minutes yep so there was 2 penalties 1 for each team there was a goal in extra time um, you know it was, it was as action packed as you would like um, what I liked though about it was that there were 4 goal scores from our toner you know they're getting goals from kind of everywhere mm. on the pitch yep uh, except goalkeeper goals which is the only metric that we really care about yep um well, we saw Heidelberg's goalkeeper take penalties. Yes, we did. Yeah, you know, yeah that make, was quite good. Um, needs to happen more. Needs, yeah, that metric is... A, a, a golden glove slash golden boot combination would be great. The goalkeeper Ooh. with the... Wins both. Yeah. Wow. Or, no, there's like a specific award for the goalkeeper who scores the most amount of goals. Uh-huh. I like that. Um, anyway, looking at the result, um, that pulls our tone up to 7th. But most importantly, only one point behind Green Gully. Um, And that's like a... Also, you know, that sort of result, it's a good bounce-back result for Magic because they had lost three in a row. This sort of came out of left field, like we said. We never know when they're going to be on, but they were definitely on this week. Um, You know, Green Gully will feel aggrieved because they they played relatively well, but they just got overran in that last 10 minutes, pretty much. Yeah. but look, big implications of the table, because that middle of the table is so condensed. Well, it is. So, having a look at it, there's four points separating fourth-placed Hume City and eighth-placed South Melbourne. Yeah. So, there's lots of room there for teams to go straight from, you know, hosting a final in week one to not even being in the finals yeah. two weeks later. Like, you know, it's it's super tight. There's sort of, I don't know, you'd call them the, that second pack. Yeah. Like, the... You know, you, you sort of got Avenal, Heidelberg, Bentley up top. Having said that, Hume are only four points behind Bentley. It's a bit of a gap. Yeah, but... and I, so there's one other... So I'll jump into the next game because the next game also has implications for yep. this. So Melbourne Knights nil, Oakley Cannons won. And like, how about that for Oakley? A huge result. Like, they're just pulling them out now. It's, it's really entertaining. Um, you know, that is... I think it was, what, three wins from their last four games? Yeah. Like, like yep. not three sort of good performances. It was yep. three wins. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's nine points that have absolutely elevated them. Um, look, uh, apart from the goal by Harry White around 60 minutes, um, so, look, that was a good ball in um, by, I think it was the only captain, Thomas Matthews, um, in from the right, and there was a good little diving header that rifles it into the net. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, apart from that, there wasn't too much more sort of flashpoints of this game um, for Oakley. But Knights, they had chance after chance. Um, you know, there were two outstanding chances in the first half that they wasted. Um, you know, Harry White did have one chance there that was sort of side-footed past the keeper and it missed. I think it was like one-on-one. And it really probably could have been an easy goal. So the, the, the complexion of this game could have been different, but I do think Oakley were were good for the three points. Um, Knights started the better, I'll say that. Knights definitely started the better. Yep. Being at home, you know, probably should expect that. But it was a strong finish by Oakley, you know, when they sort of got that goal. They never really looked back. But, yeah, it's just a great run of form for Oakley. And sort of where that puts them in the table, that now puts them in 10th. Knights are sort of in sixth. But, you know, if Oakley keep this form of picking up games, very soon they will enter that middle band that we just spoke about. Yeah, well, and, and they're outside the relegation zone mm. for the first time in a while. Like, they're not even in the relegation playoff zone. So, yeah. like, they're, they're, by no means are they above that scrap. They are definitely susceptible to falling back oh, into yeah. it. But compared to where they were... A few weeks ago, when they were dead last, you know, this is this is great for them, and 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 for 
Oh, sorry, three wins in the last four games. I think they've beat South, they've beat the Knights, and I think yeah, beat Paco. Oh, and or some, uh, yeah. oh, one, they beat Heidelberg earlier in yeah, the year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, excellent for them. For the Knights, though, yeah. big implications for a couple of reasons. One, it's another disappointing result. Yeah. So they are now winless in their last four, and just reading out those games that they haven't won, so they drew... At home to Kingston City, bottom yeah, place that's, Kingston that's City. Also known as a points bloody supermarket, that, yep. that stadium at the moment. Yeah, they lost away to Hume City. Hume City are an okay outfit, you know, pretty good outfit. That. So that's probably not too bad. But then a draw at home to the Thunder and then a loss at home to Oakley. That is not a great yeah. run of form. They would, have, it, they would have looked at this month and gone... Yeah, we can get points out of this. Yep. Mm-hmm. By the same token, if it wasn't for last night's FFA Cup result, they would not have won a game in the month of May. Correct. And, and that's this is the, this is the point of the season where you you, you just want to start getting points. You want yes. to build your case. Well, that. and and the result against Oakley proved to be the catalyst for change as well. Mickey Chalina, the Melbourne Knights head coach, was sacked. Sacked Saturday morning. They had a board meeting Friday night, and apparently the board unanimously decided that it was time for him to go, which is pretty harsh, in my opinion. Oh, how football many, is a loveless game, my is. friend. How many, how many times do you sack a coach when you're in the top six? Well, do you know what I'm, yeah, do you know what I'm kind of like, more shocked about? So, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm at work and someone calls them, there are times when you call a meeting. You know, 10 a.m. on a weekday is a great time for a meeting, I feel. Mm-hmm. Friday night, shit time to call a meeting. To be be fair, it was straight after the game. Yeah, that's late though. But you know, so considering last year, the Knights finished ninth last year. And so this year, okay, they hadn't had a great run of form in May. And they had dropped a lot of points that they won. Mm. But they finished ninth last year, 12th the year before. They're sitting in the top half of the table and to sack their coach. Yeah. And I did listen to the Knights president on FNR and he was saying, you know, the goal is to win the league, the goal is to finish on top, all that sort of stuff. And this run of results hadn't helped achieve that goal. So you sort of understand it from that perspective. But if you look at the flip side, you look at... They're not in a bad position. They're not. They're they're better than they were before. And look at Avondale. Avondale are now winless in their last four games. They're not going to go sack Zoran Markovsky. They're not. But they're not. But what if they did? If they did. (laughs) Brand saying they're not. Will saying, well, they could. Imagine if they did. But, you know, like Heidelberg lost to Oakley. They didn't sack their coach. Bit of a surprise one. But, I mean, FFA Cup sort of redid it. But there's one last game. Oh, no, there's two more. Let's rip into him. Hume yeah, City, man. Hume City three, Dan and Ong Thunder nil. Hume got off to a flyer in this one. Lazaridis scored a superb volley. Yeah, it was lovely, wasn't it? It was. It was very nice in the second minute, and Hume never really looked back. Uh, an own goal and a James Brown strike lifted them to a comfortable, uh, relatively that? comfortable. That's got to be James Brown on top for goal. It is. Break. He's on thirteen. So stop my thunder on that unlucky one. Unlucky thirteen. Uh, he is actually now joint on top with Alex Salmon from Green Gully. Yeah, Alex Salmon got two in his game this week, I believe. Yep. So, so they have now both climbed clear of Liam Boland, who yeah. is on twelve. Uh, I'd love to tell you more about that James Brown strike that took him to the top of the golden boot, but I can't because the stream wasn't working. Lovely. So the stream cut out for the goal, which is an absolute So what if classic. we did this thing where we actually make up what the goal was? Because I'm going to say he has done... Remember when Balotelli got dragged yep. from that friendly for trying oh, to do like that a, turn in the back heel thing? Yep. I reckon that's how he scored it. Yeah. Well, re- Twitter said it's a header, so that's great. I mean... Yeah, okay. So, um, but I like your... I like, Didn't I'm, really think of that as an option. <laughs> <laughs> I like your version better. Overall, though, um, another good performance by Hume and a good home win to get over a team they should beat. We can't overstate that enough. Uh, they just seem to control the yeah. game the whole way through. Never really looked troubled. Bit of a nothing performance from the Thunder. They looked nowhere. They struggled to do a lot going forward. I thought the only thing they didn't struggle to do was concede, concede goals, goals yeah. which again has not been a problem for them all year. Hume jumped to fourth spot, still four points behind Bentley. They're just but, keeping up. But, yep. they're, but they're, you know, at the top of that sort of chasing pack, uh, grimmer stuff for the Thunder though, because their goal difference takes another beating and they drop into the relegation zone. The relegation playoff zone, to be fair, but 
not good. But taking a look at the last game of the round, they Houston yeah. City, Port Melbourne. Tell me about it. Yeah, um, it was a good one from you know come from behind win for Port Melbourne. Mm. But I was far more impressed with Kingston. Actually, we're normally hypercritical of them because they seem to be the underperforming outfit in the league. Yeah. Yep. Um, they're just a bit bit sort of bit dreary at times. Um, but I actually caught the last twenty minutes. Um, of this one, and Port definitely finished with a wet sail um, and deserved their win. Uh, Couldn't go and Sesnik with the goals. Uh, Sesnik's was very nice, just because of the... Uh, I want to say the pressure of the build-up play, but it was more just they got the ball into a dangerous area that meant that he could get a, a really nice shot away. Mm. Uh, and it was just like good kind of build-up play by like uh, three or four players, and I was really impressed with that that sort of element of it. Um, Cessnick's finish was just a shot low and hard to the bottom left. It was very nice. He just gave himself that half a yard of space that he needed to in the box. Um, but Kingston, look, the result for them, they remain on the bottom with seven points. Um, and despite it being a good performance, they are in dire need of points. Yeah. Like, and not even just draws. They need wins now because there are teams around that part of the table that look like they're lifting. You know, Oakley yeah, have absolutely yep. stormed out of that zone. Dandenong City, we said they're looking better. You know, maybe mm-hmm. Dandy Thunder and Pasco Vale are the weakest teams down there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's looking like a very hard season for Kingston City. And we're looking at the other teams and they're doing a lot to change their fortunes. I don't know if Kingston City are. The one thing I will say about Kingston is they did pull off a bit of a great escape last year yes. where they were in the relegation zone and then I think they won a whole bunch of their last seven games and almost finished, I think they might have finished seventh or eighth in the end, like almost yeah. top half kind of thing. Yeah, top half kind of thing. Yeah. But when you're relying on great escapes... Not great. Oh, risky business, man. It, it risky is. business because it's just not going to happen one time. And yeah, cool. it, you know, like they... Yeah, I don't know. They got... They, like you said, they just got to start getting results. Good performances don't do them a whole lot of good at this stage. No, um, look, and that's so look that that rounds out the league. But obviously, we got to sort of where all of the major leagues of Europe have finished, and we're now just really ticking down that sort of professional season of football. We have got tons of football going on in semi-professional football. Um, Absolutely, FFA Cup has delivered some absolute stonkers in the last week. Um, FC Bullion Lions beat Northcote City 2-1. Just quickly on this game, you mentioned Mario Balotelli doing a snazzy backhill. According to Twitter, there was a scorpion kick goal in this one. Bullion's got a scorpion kick. I haven't seen footage of it yet. I did have a look before. I couldn't find any. Someone at us, because I need to see this. I couldn't find it. I don't think the game was broadcast, but according to Bullion's Twitter, it was a... Speculative, 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 speculative scorpion kick. But I mean, a scorpion kick is a scorpion kick, right? I I scored a bicycle kick once, and that was a hundred percent speculative. Yeah, excellent. Uh, The other results: Eltham Redbacks nil, Altona Magic three. Again, Altona Magic. Just you know, they're kind of playing quite well and getting some uh, getting some good results now. Um, Eltham Redbacks State League one team, great. Of them to make it so far. I think they beat Paco the week before. Did, oh, yes. the week before the round. The round before, yep. Couldn't uh, couldn't repeat it against Altona. Werribee City nil. Oakley Cannons won. Oakley continue their winning ways. Yep. Still and in the cup. The and last game last night, the game we were at, mate. Melbourne Knights 2. Avondale 1. And if you remember, in one of the first... First few episodes. I think it was, yeah, the first. We were wondering what the Australian semi-professional equivalent of could you do it on a rainy Tuesday, Wednesday in Stoke? Yeah, could you do it on a rainy day in Stoke? Yeah. yeah. And we said, could Avondale do it on a rainy, rainy Tuesday in sunshine? Yeah. Last night was a rainy Tuesday in sunshine and they couldn't do it, ladies and gentlemen. No. Our football nope. knowledge is absolutely telepathic I oh, love it yeah. yeah but and you know this was a huge we, we can talk about this game because we, we were there obviously huge result for the Knights even more so considering they just sacked their coach I mean great great performance from that they, they looked good Hamish Watson looked good they looked really good what they did far better than Avondale did is that mm. they took it to a next level Oh, you know so, so just so you know Avondale went a goal ahead yep. uh, was it in the first half second half second half then Knights equalised, then it went to extra time, then Knights got a goal in extra time. Mm-hmm. And great result for the Knights. They looked like the better team, but again, this is another worrying 
sign for Avondale playing another topish team, a, a team that's there or thereabouts on the table. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, they looked oh, crap. They did yeah. not. They, they looked so different from the team that Commanding we... Commanding and bossing the ball around yeah, and everything. And they, you know. and they did a little bit, but, you know, Liam Boland didn't play, so maybe that influenced them because the Knights did seem a lot bigger and a lot taller and a lot stronger. So yeah. when you haven't got Boland in your team... You know, that's probably a detraction because he's, like, he's probably their biggest and strongest yeah. player. But, you know, I don't know. It was just just little things. Like, they were turning the ball sloppily. Sloppily? Don't know if that's a They word. were turning over the ball in a less than ideal manner. Yeah, coming out <laughs> of their back. They were, you know, trying some long-range passes, some crazy... Well, not crazy passes, but, yeah. you know, they were just turning the ball they over. Stuff, what, stuff wasn't coming on. Little things like, you know, their touch wasn't good. So, Avondale, of all the losses... And poor results they've had in the last month. I reckon this is the most concerning. Hundred percent. Because they know, wanted to go deep in the cup because they're looking at the legitimacy of the club from a business perspective as well. Oh, so well, they want they want to be on Fox Sports. Yep. You know they want to have games televised on Fox Sports. Had that great game against Sydney. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. In the last FFA Cup, and so they want to go back to that because that gives them more legitimacy off the park. And 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 that's key for like all these. NPL clubs who don't have yep. that NSL history to try to build that history and yep. build that totally. you know exposure and fan base, but you know the the Dandy City result frustrating. Yeah, but like you can maybe chalk it up to ah you know it wasn't quite our day. We hit the crossbar. Germano came close. We just couldn't quite get over the line. They did not look good in this one. Yeah, but do you know what is looking good? I think it's the WNPL. It is the WNPL, mate, because round fourteen is done and dusted. But Calder United, top dogs. Shock dog, loss. Top, yeah, top dogs in the NPL suffered a shock loss 3-1 to Box Hill. Only their second loss of the season. Alamein had a big win over, over Heidelberg as yep. well. Berlin won again, thumping Geelong Galaxy. South Melbourne were the other big winners, handing senior, oh, sorry, handling senior NTC with ease. But the colder result is, is the big... That's the big one out of that league. Yeah, absolutely. Because They're still sitting pretty, but... Yeah, I know. think they've got a five-point gap, but they have played one more game. Yeah. So uh, when Berlin play their catch-up game, a win there could close it yeah. to just two points. So, you know, adds a little bit of spice to it. A bit of a tight race going into the back half of the season. We... Berlin just sort of... Getting in there, you know, it was the same thing they did last year where I think they finished third, Calder and South finished yeah. above them, and they ended up winning the grand final. And it sort of seems to be the same kind of thing. They're almost like you know, they're almost like Heidelberg in the NPL, where it's like, you know, they're just sort of even if they're not on top, even if they're, they're not winning they're all these games, you know they're good and yeah. you know they're gonna be there at the business and you just don't want to play them. Yeah. So great result for Box Hill, of course, as well, you know, to to knock off Quarter like that. Yeah, absolutely. Lovely. And that wraps us up for the review section of the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, join us back in a couple of seconds for part two, where we'll take a look at the beautiful world of football this week. Thanks so much. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two of the Super Pro Potty, where we look at the broader world of football, some of the things we like, we didn't like, and, you know... Fast becoming our favourite segment. That's so semi-professional. Branson, what have you seen this week that could have been very much a place in semi-professional football? Well, we've got a loaded segment in this yes, one. It's sort, so of become, sort of become a regular a regular fixture, which is good. Uh, the first thing that I want to talk about, though, is the Charlton Athletic own goal in the League One playoff final. 100% semi-professional for so many reasons. Yeah. So. Obviously, you know, playoff finals are a huge game, you know. Charlton facing off against Sunderland. Ten minutes in, pretty cagey start, you know. Tense for a big big final, obviously. And a Charlton centre-back... Uh, oh, sorry, left-back. It doesn't matter. Charlton defender plays a no-look back pass to the goalkeeper who sort of just kind of lets it roll into his goal. It was really bizarre... For multiple reasons. One, it was bizarre because I don't know why he, why the defender played that pass in the first place. 
Like he seemed to have I mean, other it's a options. Pretty, yeah, he did, but he had other options. Not the worst thing to do, but then the goalkeeper. I don't know, man. It's just sort of looked like he misjudged how far away the ball was from him. Yeah, like it looked like he was like, oh yeah, you know, I can get that, I can get that, and then when he actually stuck his foot out to stop, he's it, like, he went, no, oh, it's he, beyond me. Yeah, it's a bit further. So I thought that was pretty classic. To be fair, or oh, in. Well, the, the, the good thing I mean, about this one was that the Charlton, Charlton then won. went on to yes. win. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, so that's fine. And I remember when uh, Charlton equalised, they like showed the celebration of goalkeeper. But he was just like, "Yes, yeah. fucking out of the <laughs> out of the cauldron here." Yeah, absolutely. But you know, you just like of all the times to pull that out yeah. in the playoff final, you go, "Gee." And there was another. There was another shocking um, goalkeeping error in the other playoff final as well. To for the Derby Villa game was it? Oh, yeah, yeah. where you know the keepers come to jump and just punch the goddamn ball mate but well, instead of punching it he goes to chest marker and then he chest marks over the shortest person on the pitch it comes off his head and goes in the goal so yeah. it's like bro so he could have punched it or he even could have just like caught it above his head you oh know? yes but, like yeah textbook shit anyway so that was pretty semi-professional I like that one yeah what else was semi-professional that you saw <laughs> I really liked this was probably the most semi-professional thing I saw this week and I went to almost two games of mm. football pretty much um, Western Sydney Wanderers signed a new goalkeeper. His name is Daniel Lopar. Yep. And they like announced him with this video, like a, a YouTube montage of him as a goalkeeper. And it's by far the most mediocre montage of a footballer I've ever seen. Like it starts off strong. There's like a freaking I, I like a tifo, there's like a tifo rolling across, yeah. and you're like, oh yeah, like, this guy must be like pretty good if that many supporters love but, him. But but it's weird because it's a rolling tifo, which I, did it have anything to do I with the goalkeeper? Like, like, it just at a club that yeah. oh he's a guy who we played for that had yeah. a passionate fan base. You know, like come like what does that mean? Yeah, is that um, a good thing? I'm not convinced. Yeah, but then it was just like it was genuinely like him like scuffing clearances and like not really like commanding his penalty area. And yeah. I'm like this is the worst. This is the most semi professional highlights package ever. And, and like. Goal Goalkeeper packages are a bit of a... The only ones harder than that would be, like, a defender. Like, what does a defender... Yeah, know? just two-footing people are of a fence. Well, or, you know, a great clearing header or whatever. Yeah. So, like, a bit of a weird one, but I did I did see that as well. I just thought it was a bit odd. Yes. Um, Bram, what about you? What's the next one you've got on the list? Well, another one that was a classic from Europe was the referee that scored a goal yes. in the Netherlands. So, pretty much, if you haven't seen it, the ball's, like, down by the byline... The referee goes, I know where the perfect spot to stand is. He's fucking bonkers positioning by him. In between the goal line and the six-yard box, he's standing like three yards out. So the ball's on the byline. He's almost marking the near post. Oh, pretty much is. Pretty much is. Uh, Ball's on the byline. The attacking team sort of play like a cutback ball. It hits the referee and it goes in. And then he allows the goal to stand. Which is is apparently the correct ruling, I believe. It is totally the correct ruling. But the thing is, you don't put yourself in a position where you can influence play. That's sort of the thing. So, in games of football, the referee is essentially treated the same as a post. Right. So, so if it goes in off of him, then it's like, it's fine. It's, It's, you know, you don't get a point. For hitting the post, yeah, yeah, but it's just sort of—I it oh, don't know—just an absolute classic. One of one of the stranger things yeah. that we've seen sort of rivals what was it? The Liverpool Shut up, goal, the goal, the, the ball that hit the balloon. Ball. Now that is that was meant to be chalked off because that was something else interfering. Yes, but but like also similar- that confused me because how shit are footballs now? Sorry, slight tangent. How shit are footballs now that their trajectory can be disturbed by a beach ball? I think, like, it was a, I, I think it was a balloon. No, it was a beach ball. Was it? Yeah. Sorry, I fucking had nightmares about this. <laughs> Maybe but they did. Remember. Like, a beach, the mass of a beach ball versus the mass of a football. Yeah. Surely there is one winner in that battle, and it's not the beach ball. <laughs> maybe, maybe, anyway. maybe the sun. I think it was against. I don't know. Maybe the non-Liverpool fans just filled it with like cement. Yeah, true. Anyway, um, or anyway, hubcaps. Yeah, well, the the fact <laughs> I just like that a referee scored a goal because you see, you go, what yeah. even is Fuck, that? They That's... run around a lot. They don't get. They don't get the joy of celebrating yeah. a goal. Pretty ridiculous that one. Uh, what's another semi-professional thing you saw? So, I didn't actually see this one, and I don't think anyone saw this one, because I've tried to find more information about this. But it came out in a book that was recently published that apparently German goalkeeper Oliver Kahn was at a charity event, and for every goal that they scored... In a penalty shootout, right? Yeah, in a penalty shootout, money would be donated to, to orphans. Right. 
And Oliver Kahn saved every fucking penalty. Like, he, there was no way in hell he was letting anything pass. And I'm like, there's a bit of me that's like, oh, that's like good shit housery by him. But then also like, oh my God, mate. Like, you lit, they're orphans. Like, and you've literally stopped. And like, I, what, the fact I was trying to find out was, did he save all nine and then donate money? Right. Because yeah. if he's done that, you think so. You think so. But you... I couldn't find any more information on it. So at this stage, I'm think... sure how I feel about this. I think that some of the blame has to go to whoever organised that. Because you're putting in, you know, a former professional goalkeeper. So like, you know, saving penalties and all this and goals and stuff. Like, that's what he did for a living. So like, you want to... Yeah, but you like... Know, but like, it's a charity event, but you're coming out, you're sort of there and you're going, I, I was good, you know? So like, you kind of want to be... I don't know, I can see why you would want to say that. Like, like your own reputation or whatever. Also, we don't know what the quality of these penalties were. If they were A-League Grand Final-esque, he's probably there going, guys, I've got no option but to save them. Yeah, I'm standing in the way of them. Um, <laughs> like, like I'm kind of go- if I let that in, you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to cry because... I just feel like if Mark Bosnich had done that, he would have let goals in because he's a great human being. <laughs> um, Brad, next one from you. Well, so this this one mentioned it before, and we've sort of been waiting for this to happen all year with the and Facebook. Credit and credit to the fact that it hasn't happened. Well, yet. Uh, to my knowledge, it hasn't happened. Okay. I don't. I, I don't well, I, I don't think it has. For all the games and all the highlights that we've watched, I think we've sort of joked about it. Yeah. But I don't think it had happened. But the stream cutting out, going down, and missing a goal. You know, like what? That's just. A bit of a killer, you know. It does make it hard for us to cover well, when we can't see it. Well, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, people listen. Oh, well, tell me about the Hume City goal. I have no idea what happened. You know, yeah. there was a goal. The thing that I like, though, so the stream itself was down, right? So you couldn't see the what was happening on the field of play. But the graphic was still working. So, like, the graphic that had the clock and the scoreboard. So the clock's still ticking up, even though you can't see what's happening. And you can't hear what's happening. Then all of a sudden, the scoreboard just changes from two to three. Oh, and so you're sitting there. You can't see. You're just watching the clock going. Um. So clearly, like it's not paused. Well, so did you, did you the stream seen... is continuing, and then you just see it change from two to three, and you go, "Well, great, well, I've missed the goal." One of my favourite things in the Netherlands was this. Um, it's a television service that gives you live score updates from all around all of the grounds. It is yeah, like a yeah. text display on a television. Right. It's yeah. like broadcasted dot matrix display. Yeah. And, it kind of reminded me a bit of that. I was like, yeah, it's a bit like that. Like, I kind of missed miss being able to sort of go to a pub and see the telly on with all the scores yeah. of every game going through. Um, hey, Branson. Random flag. Okay, yeah. Nicaragua. Nicaragua. It is blue, white, blue, horizontal stripes. It's now Nicaragua, Honduras, and El Salvador are all very similar. Yeah. And Nicaragua has a triangle in the middle. That, Ooh, that is the... That is the I don't think it's a triangle. It's a triangle with like a wreath around it. Or not a wreath, but like... Oh, no, yeah, you've done it. Okay, yeah, well done. Thank you. Congratulations, Thank mate. you. Um, it's a, for those playing, I have now Googled it. It does have a triangle. It's got words written around it. Not a wreath. wreath of words. Yes, yes. But yes, nailed it. For those playing at home, El Salvador has a very similar, very similar flag. Oh, almost too similar. That is, did they it, sit next to each other in class? It also has a triangle, but this one does have uh, more of a wreath. Oh. Well, you passed this test, and I know now not to ask about El Salvador. Yes, or Honduras, which has five stars in the middle, but yes. Ladies and gentlemen, on. thanks for letting us enjoy our little favourite segment of yep. Random Flag. Well, there's a, so there's, a, there's another thing. That's one last one, yeah. Um, the semi-professional that you saw. Oh, I think it's everyone's probably seen it. I don't really need to describe it, but um, Totti absolutely destroying that guy at indoor. So, you know, Totti is one of the better footballers of the last generation, I feel. Uh, some dude runs at him, does all the nifty footwork that everyone who plays indoor tries to do, but he does pretty well at it. But in doing so, he flicks it over Totti, runs forward, doesn't really score, fashions a chance out of it. But what he does leave is a massive gap with which Totti is now standing yep. in. Someone plays it out deep in the corner, long ball to Totty, and you're like, yeah, Totty will take a touch and run it down the pitch. It not first touches, lobs the keeper. Well, it's like a sort of outside of the boot flick oh, on lob thing. You just go, oh, yeah, cool. So I suppose the moral of the story is if you're going to try to burn a former, you know, like... Great. Well, yes, yeah. <laughs> you might want to take your chance. To be fair, though, Totty had zero interest in tracking back. Yeah, after the, after the guy beat him, he's like, I'm not bothering. And then he's just like, yeah, there you go. Go. It was one of those ones where if you clip the first half of the video, yeah. you go, 
oh check out this dude rinsing toffee yeah and then it's like but then the second bit of the video happens and yeah. the video immediately changes to yeah do not take on toffee yeah don't do it yes um Hey, Branson, did Southern United win on the weekend? Because they had amassed some good results. They'd gone from, like, 10-0 loss to 5-0 loss to 2-0 loss. Mm-hmm. And we were expecting a bit of a result here. What was it? Uh, they lost again 5-0 no, to Bayside. Okay. So, yeah. trending back into the wrong direction. Yes. But a bit of a tough loss because Bayside, I think, is not second, uh, third from bottom. So, you know, if you're going to beat a team, maybe... Maybe might have been them, but another another mm, sad loss for, for Southern United. Who, Forever in our hearts. Yeah, 5-0. They've now conceded 126 goals this season and have a goal difference of minus 124. Mm, which is not bit, great. Yes, a bit rough. Um, what did we like? Well, we liked quite a, lot, quite a lot of things, you know. It was a great week in football. We saw lots of stuff, not just here in Melbourne and in Victoria, but around the world. What was the first thing you liked? Um, I absolutely liked going to Melbourne Knights last night. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm a very big fan of Croatian culture and food and people mm-hmm. and everything like that. And to see the Mark Viduka stand... Yeah. You know, see like a real legend who, you know, when I first got into football, it was through the Socceroos and it was through that 06 World Cup. And so, you know, Mark Viduka was one of the names I very quickly latched onto. So being able to see the sort of early part of his career still having a massive impact in, in semi-professional football was lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Melbourne Knights fans, you know, I think people sort of badmouth them for being, you know maybe too passionate but like I mean come on you're meant to be passionate about football well and and, and I just want to touch on that because to their credit I thought I thought last night was pretty much perfect as far as fan engagement goes because yep. they were there they were loud they were passionate there was some general Everyone yelling had a smile on their yeah, face well, I, I mean, freaking loved it no yeah. but like I mean there was some general yelling at Avondale fans and of course once the Knights won you know mm. they were having a bit of a crack but I, I I think it was good because it didn't go to that that next level like there was yeah. you know swearing it was like, pointing and like yeah, 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 yeah and, and, and I think there was I think I think they were yelling stuff like you know money club pop up club all that sort of stuff yeah. but but I was standing on the I was standing on the concourse and as they had let all the sort of more um, active supporters walk through one of the guys was like ushering to me and it's like because you, know, you wearing win, you, an Avon yeah, Albini yeah. it's like you win with heart and not, not money yeah, and I'm yeah. like I agree. Like I yeah. totally get. Like I, yes, I agree. Yeah. So, um, but like you know, I thought I thought that was like pretty much perfect. Like yeah. it, like it didn't get out of hand at all, which was great. I, so credit to the Knights for that. Um, the, and their fans were were passionate without being over the top. So and I think that that is the key because the problem with fans in you know football in Victoria and Australia and every literally everywhere in if, the world. You know, if yeah. it's but if but in particularly in Victoria and Australia is like as soon as you go like that little bit that takes it over the line, like it is a huge deal and it makes the rest of us look bad. Yeah. Well and well it makes the entire code look bad. And sometimes it's very know, hard for us to have a good name and people yeah, jump on and, the bad very quickly. And to be to be fair as well, you know, sometimes there's you know police will have a crack or security will have a crack at people who aren't doing anything wrong. Mm. But I thought that last night in terms of fans, it was good. The security well, it was managed well because there was no police. There was just security. Well, yeah, but the I'm... security did well to not get involved, and the fans did well to not take it to, to sort of cross the line or yep. anything like that. Love so it. I thought that was really good. Um, the other thing I liked out of that game was the Knights manager. Catch this, yeah. The Knights manager yelled at Branson, not yelled, but said to Branson, "You have a shit podcast." Yeah, and he definitely is talking about the semi pro potty. Well, probably because he listens. Yeah. Well, to be fair. I also do Avondale's radio show, no, so I don't know if he no, meant, wouldn't be that. Don't know if he meant Avondale radio or if he meant the semi-pro potty. But but I let's let's assume he does mean the yeah. semi-pro potty. Listeners, let is, us know if you think that uh, the Knights manager was saying the semi-pro potty was shit yes. or the Avondale radio right, yeah. on FNR was shit because yeah. I definitely think the semi-pro potty because we know it's shit. Like yeah. <laughs> that was that was a combination of two. It is semi-professional. Yeah, it was brilliant. But like the uh, the other thing that I like as well is if he. He says that our podcast is shit. That means that he's heard of us. I know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you go, yes, we've got the reach. It's like I don't know who you are, Mister Knights Coach. I don't know your name, but you know who we are. Woo-hoo. Yeah. So a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a silver lining there. Yes. Um. Another thing that I liked were the promotion and relegation playoffs yep. that we saw around the world. 
the English playoff finals are my favourite mm-hmm. time of year just because there's so much on the line and you get these great stories of Sunderland, you know, relegating their past two seasons, a chance they go up, they come against Charlton. Charlton overcome, a, you know... Two clubs with really kind of bad management at the moment as well. You know, it was one of those ones where it's like, I think, yeah, yeah. I think going up was going was gonna to really help one of them. And it's, it, I like that well, narrative. Yeah, but, you know, like you see Charlton overcome, you know, a terrible own goal and score a goal in like the 90th, 95th minute of their fans go bananas. Tranmere Rovers win in extra time. And Mike D goes bananas again. And then, you know, the playoff final to get into the Premier League, the richest game in football... I think it's worth like 215 million US dollars. Mm. It's worth uh, so like it's, more, in, I, it's worth so much more than any other mm. game in sports. Well, being, Just, being in the Premier League, I remember the, uh, there's a good like uh, sports business account on Twitter that tweets metrics out of Europe, mm. and they looked at La Liga, the amount of money that clubs make from broadcast deals. Yeah, and La Liga is like obviously you've got your your top players, and then I think in third. They did a comparison with the Premier League, and Huddersfield mm. would have been third in the La right, Liga yeah, standings yeah. for amount of money from broadcasting. Right, yeah. And so, like, <laughs> when we say it's like the richest game, it's like, yeah, the fact that Huddersfield has got more money than like you know Villarreal. Yeah, and like just those playoff games, like there's just so much on the line, and so like there's so much passion. And the other one as well is the relegation playoffs. So like Germany in particular are my favourite. Yeah, where you've got the team right. coming down from the Bundesliga and coming up from Bundesliga two. In this case, it was Union Berlin. First time. First time in the Bundesliga, and their fans went absolutely bananas. They've got such a good story about that club, because it was something like the fans actually did renovations to the stadium a couple of years back. Like They were pushing for that sort of climbing up and and going to that that top flight. And to do that, they had to make a stadium that, that... and all Fit and purpose. all the fans evaded the pitch, and it was absolutely full. There's no, beer flying everywhere. There's flares going everywhere. And the Union Berlin Twitter account were just taking no prisoners. They tweeted a photo of like the stadium, and it said in all caps, "We are fucking up!" Yeah, with, like great. exclamation marks. And you go, "Oh, no filter." I guess you know, no worries. Yeah. But they were pretty excited. I'd be pretty excited. Rolling through, and Will, what else did you like? Um. Looking around the sort of European leagues as well, Atalanta in the Champions League. Yeah, very cool. Really liked that. Um, you know, I think we're now starting to see a, a point of inflection with football where you can no longer just be a really rich club with no sort of, I'm not going to say morals, but, you know, no fibre to you. Mm. We're now starting to see a little bit more of a levelling playing field of, you know, Leicester winning the league, you know. Like, mm. admittedly, they had money, but, like, mm. you know, you've kind of got to care a bit more now and Atalanta is one of those clubs where they went through and said you know we want to be a serious contender but we don't want to just get a billionaire takeover and not really like you know mm. do a man city essentially yeah, it's sort of tricky because you say that and then like Juventus have won like eight Serie A's in a row but yeah totally and Bayern Munich have won a whole bunch of of uh, yeah. Bundesliga titles and PSG. Now I've got but teams that are coming up and yeah. sort of. The, I think well, there's a change in football and, and that's why it's so good to see teams who aren't necessarily known as those you know big spinners Yep. Big big clubs, you know, getting a chance. And the money that they'll get out of Champions League will, you know, further accelerate that growth. Yeah, so and the exposure and everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, it means we're talking about them. Yeah, anyway, uh, I like the fact that we went to a game last night on a cold, rainy, almost winter's night. But you're just yeah. there and you go, this is football weather. It was bloody freezing. Oh, it wasn't actually that cold. It was quite it cold. Was, it was not as cold as I thought, but I got home and I was like, oh yes, it's quite warm in here. Yeah, this like like nice. there's definitely been colder nights, but you know, it was chilly and you're there and you go, do you know what? I like it. So mm. I like that. What about you, mate? Um, I like Fulham. Me too. Yeah. I uh, this Fulham. week, I like Fulham. what do you Fulham. like? So you're going to hate this. Oh, you bastard. Yep. What is it? So Fulham <laughs> director of football, Tony Khan. Yeah. He has a side project. Yeah. And it is Fulham. Yeah. Side That's the problem. So Tony Khan has a side project called All Elite Wrestling. I and essentially, if this. you were a wrestler, all you could do is wrestle for WWE if you want to be professional. And what they would do is they would hold wrestlers to ransom with their contracts, you know, stifle their creativity and everything. And about a year ago, um, they sort of set up a... a about a year ago do. when Tony Khan was meant to be prepping Fulham for the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he set up this side. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
I saw this in a run sheet as well before, and you said, no, it's, it's good, it's not wrestling. You told me it wasn't wrestling. Yeah, I lied to you. So I thought it was going to be, I thought you were going to talk about the Riverside stand that they're building. Oh, far no. out. Well, but that, I wanna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you this because there is a million football clubs in the world. There's like a million football leagues. There is so much football, but what there isn't is there is a very big community of wrestling fans, and it's a really passionate community, and... There has not been a really viable option outside of WWE for a long time. And what they have done is they've created it. And I had my mate Ollie around who's never watched wrestling, doesn't like... Well, he used to watch it as a kid, but he doesn't like wrestling. And he walked away being like, that was fucking outstanding. So, whilst Tony Khan has put a lot of effort in the last year, I want to say thank you for your sacrifice. Because your sacrifice as a football club, of which there are millions and you're not that special, has given this very special... Thing a chance and it, it's absolutely delivered in spades so yeah, it's not for great, waste great I'm glad the detriment oh sorry the yeah I don't know whatever whatever <laughs> your your passion for it's going to be hard for me you want to get me into this it's going to be hard for me to watch something knowing that everything I'm watching has come to the detriment of my football club but there's one last thing that we like mate and we both liked this oh one. I think we loved it yeah we did um we had a photo shoot on Friday we did Friday yeah, Friday. Yeah, we we had a photo shoot on Friday. Um, Brian, talk us through it. Well, so it was great. So we met up with our, our new mate, Alex, who's a football photographer here in Melbourne. Um, we'll we'll sh- give you all, uh, links to his Instagram stuff because he does a lot of great stuff. He's a, a photographer in Melbourne City. Does yeah, stuff does a lot of stuff Nike. Nike. And yeah. he, he is just all over the football community. Yeah. NPL does a bit of that, does a lot so, of A-League. And everything. So we just got to sit down, have a coffee, talk about football, talk about kits, and then, you know, take some shots of us in our miraculous jerseys. Yeah. And it was genuinely, you know... Last week was hard. Me and a lot of friends had a very hard week last week. Mm. And that Friday afternoon absolutely made, made me go, you know what? If everything in your week is ghastly, and you say that it's a lot, football always pulls you out. Well, football always pulls you out. Yeah, and Alex is just such a great guy to talk to. Just because of his football connections and how much he loves it and how how much stuff he does to work yeah. with it. And even, you know, we, we got to know him a bit better and just talking about some of the different avenues in football that he works yeah. in so like you know so he's in Europe at the moment doing photo shoots he's going and meeting with a, a non-league club in Berlin who have you know great kits that he's yeah. found over there he's going to the classic football shirt people in, yeah, in the UK in yeah, then, yeah. yeah then he's doing like you know some, some more serious photo shoots but he's just doing all this great stuff and he's involved in you know grassroots football here, uh, like a, a new football club that's starting up in Footscray that is, uh, what did he say, was it particularly targeted to to immigrants and people who have recently moved to Melbourne and trying to get involved in that football community and just all this really great stuff. So we'll send you, oh, sorry, we'll post links to some of his accounts because yeah. his photos we'll have some all... photos. Yeah, we'll have some photos coming through. We've got a, cut, we got a handful of them, but yeah. when we get them all through, we'll post them because I, mean, I know that you don't care anywhere near as much about this as we do, but like, I'm, I have a slight feeling Branson and I are going to be like, you know, 60 years old, sitting on the porch... And, and they'll just be like in the hallway a framed picture of Branson and I yeah. that was taken on Friday and we'll be like oh remember when we had the podcast uh, and and we'll share links to Alex's profiles as well because he takes some ripper photos he takes some great photos yeah. really good stuff and excellent football content yeah. On the topic of excellent football content, that's the end of the excellent football content. Join us back in a couple of seconds for some uh, mediocre to okay football content as we look at the preview section of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part three, where we go through the preview section of the show. On Friday night, we have got Dandenong City versus South Melbourne. That'll be a bit of a stonker. brand. what's on Saturday? we got four night games on Saturday. we got Port Melbourne taking on Avondale. Heidelberg versus Green Gully. The Altona Magic taking on the Melbourne Knights. And Dandenong Thunder versus Kingston City. And then on Sunday, mate? We have got Oakley Cannons versus Hume City. And Bentley versus Pasco Vale. Some interesting fixtures in that one. Uh, my prediction for match of the round, the one that I reckon I'm going to be keeping the closest eye on, is Dandenong Thunder against Kingston City. So, like we spoke about, it, Kingston need wins. Yeah. If they're going to get a win, Dandenong Thunder have been sliding. They sit in that relegation playoff spot. I'm 
probably willing to call it if Kingston lose. I reckon they're they're gone. gone. Yeah. Okay. Gone. Whoa. Gone. Like if if they lose, then they're going to need some huge results mm. against some you know some genuinely better teams. Yeah. And so like if they don't get a result here against a a Thunder team that concede a lot of goals, then I reckon they're in major trouble. As well, though, a couple of other games, Heidelberg, Grand Gully will be good, as well as Altona against the Knights, 6 versus yes. seventh in that one. So that was going to be my match of the round, and I think it will be a good match, but the only trepidation I have is that Knights have been pretty trash in the league, and they've just yeah. sacked their manager, like, they actually kind of need to... You haven't, they haven't got that sort of cup adrenaline to go off Yeah, of. yeah, yeah. But the match I am singling out is Oakley Cannons versus Hume on Sunday. You reckon danger I, game for yeah, Hume? Yeah, I actually think that's going to be a really good game. Mm. I don't think it'll be necessarily a goal fest, but I think it will be a really close, well-fought game. It'll be one of those ones that's decided by a maybe a mistake or a moment of brilliance mm. late yeah. on. Well, just, just having a look at the round overall now, there's a lot of interesting games. So, like, Dandy City against South Melbourne. South Melbourne have been flying. Will City's three yeah. A-League recruits, you know... Make a difference, At home yeah, and and yeah. yeah, and you know, will they start picking up points? Port Melbourne versus Avondale. Port Melbourne tough to concede against Avondale. Surprisingly, have struggled to score goals. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just good round be... of football. Yeah, um, absolutely. Southern United they're taking on Alamein on Saturday at three pm at Monterey Reserve. I think it's Mont. Yeah, no, I'm not going to correct you. Monterey, Monterey. No, I have Mont- no idea. Mont. Mont- I was going to say Ray. I was going to say something and like, you know what? I don't know. And the okay. last time I did that, I think it was the Babal Babal. Yeah, you're like, like, oh, it's pronounced Babal. Nah, no, so I stopped myself um, there. Giorgio, how did he go last week? Well, he got Giorgio. Giorgio reluctantly picked Bentley to win, which he obviously got that wrong. They yeah. lost to South Melbourne. But I'm a little bit concerned with George. I think he's doing a bit of a silent protest. You know, is he taking the piss with us? I don't think he is. Cause I, last... don't think he, I don't think he likes us as much as we Well, do. I think he's had enough of this predicting stuff. Yeah. But, like, because what was it's it? Two weeks ago? Well, two weeks ago, just refused, blatantly yeah. Then he refused. flipped the cup the other yeah, one. Yeah, the week before, through Heidelberg. And then... Making us look like mugs he is. And this week, he... I mean, he did pick Bentley. It did take me three times to get him to actually do it. Yeah. And even then, he didn't really want to. He's just gone, look, mate, I'm actually just a bit hungry. would really just like some celery, so I'm just going to eat it. But I'm not really... I'm going to intentionally get this wrong. Maybe, yeah. perhaps. Who knows? Um, but he'll film this week and... Yeah, he's cute, so he's going to stick around. Oh, 100%. Yep. You know, it's... Uh, it's just a goddamn cute rabbit. Um, pick a game. You do it. I'm, I'm happy. I think there's a lot of games that you can pick this week and I wouldn't be aggrieved with. We'll post it on social media as to what he predicts. Yep. Uh, but that is the end, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely bumper episode as always thank you very much for talking to us on twitter and instagram at semi pro potty if you don't already follow us you know share us to your mates if you sort of say this is good for going for a run you know the goal we've got here is just we want to make it so that you can stay up to date with the npl without having to donate you know hours and hours of your time a week yeah, and chime in as well what you guys think of you know particular games particular teams yep. stuff like that as well you know we want to hear it yep lovely keep being semi professional everyone and thanks for listening to episode 16 16 16 of the semi pro potty